Well, how are you today? This is Pastor Dan, and uh, we're continuing with God Talk. So I'm hoping that you'll continue with me as we try to work through this message, trying to understand what's going on in the world, and uh, is there something the Bible has to say. So at the end of our time yesterday, we got to the end of the fourth horse, which is the pale horse. We had the white horse, conquest, red horse, war, black horse, famine, just barely make enough to eat for yourself, nothing for your family or anything else. And then the pale horse, which is pestilence and uh, other things, but pestilence is included. So here we have something that very clearly points out the end of the world. If we take this literally, that there will be times when there is a disease going around the world. And I'm not saying this is the final one, that Jesus is coming in three weeks. But uh, can we just say, uh, maybe we'll solve this one. But mad at the end of the world, there will these disasters will come faster and faster and faster. And we won't have enough UN, we won't have enough CDC, scientists, money, support. We won't have enough manpower. Uh, people who, you know, race into buildings and bring people out. There just won't be enough of everybody to try to solve all these problems. And it'll be a sign of the end of the world. I often have used whitewater rafting. I was a young pastor in Oregon. We lived in Grants Pass. And uh, they have what they call the wild and scenic portion of the Rogue River goes over towards the ocean. And some of it's very calm, but there was a lot of very exciting rapids. And uh, we all loved it. We all got our little torpedo boats. And we would uh, go on three-day trips down the Rogue River. Loved it. And uh, first, I was scared to death. <laughs> But after we got good at it and knew what we were doing, uh, we loved those rapids. It was boring the rest of it when you had a paddle, but when you could go through the rapids and we knew how to adjust. And there would be those moments when uh, you're kind of just floating around. All of a sudden, someone would shout and the canyon walls are beginning to narrow and the water begins to go faster and then you begin to hear a roar and you can hear the roar out in front of you and you know the rapids are coming. And then all of a sudden, you can't see the river anymore. <laughs> And there's going to be a drop-off. And we lined up a few feet behind each other, and we would paddle as hard as we could and try to catch that first big standing wave and try to pull your boat all the way out of the water. And if you did, you would say, yes. And you would uh, maybe go out and get your boat out, get all the water out, and come back and do it again. But it's something like that. These Some of these signs have been around all along. Earthquakes and wars and all these kinds of problems. And uh, we we know how that is. But uh, at here at the end of the world, it's going to get faster and faster, and we can't keep up with it. And there's more wars, and there's more earthquakes, and tornadoes, and tsunamis, and typhoons, and economic disasters, and pandemics. And uh, this will be, we had Ebola, and, and Mars, and SARS, and HIV, and now coronavirus. And there will be a time that we just can't keep up with it all. And um, God will say, you need me. This is what the world is like when you have the other side in control. And then he will say, make a choice, make a choice. So here we are. But we should, before we go on, we should say very clearly, <laughs> this is the fourth seal. This is not the seventh seal. Every time in the book of Revelation, the seventh really points to the second coming. Laodicea, the lake lukewarm, goes right to the end. And Jesus is knocking on the door to come in and be with us. Now we have the seventh seal and then the seventh trumpet and the seventh plague at the end of Armageddon. So the seventh seal of Jesus is coming. This this stretch of the four horsemen and the four terrible seals and earthquakes and famines and, and wars and rumors of wars and conquests are not the final word. Jesus and the second coming are the final word. 
Revelation 21 says there's going to be a city come out of heaven dressed like a bride for her wedding and come down here. And there will be, Jesus will set up his kingdom that will never be destroyed. And there will be no more tears and no more sorrow and no more dying and no more fear and no more virus, no more scared to death, no more you can't talk to anybody, go out to eat, be with everybody. My whole year has been canceled. Every trip I was going to take to go overseas to preach a crusade has all been canceled. All because we're all scared. We can't fly. We can't do anything. But this is not the end. There is going to be another day. And someday what we've been preaching about all our lives, the second coming and the advent, is going to come. And Revelation 22 says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Jesus is always the last word. Well, there's uh, questions we can wrestle with. What should we do? Should we pray? Does it do any good to pray about this? Well, I think we have to be honest about this and say, obviously, people have been praying. And the pandemic is still going around the world. Prayer is not going to stop all evil. Prayer is not going to make heaven on earth. And we just have to acknowledge that. If I'm late for a funeral and there's a hundred car train between me and the funeral home, I could pray my heart out. I am not going to fly over those trains or tunnel underneath. I'm going to wait and be late. And so we just have to acknowledge there are some things that are not going to be prayed away. So what can we pray for? We believe in prayer and we know prayer works. So we pray that God will help the smart people who are looking for a vaccine, the smart people who are trying to figure out how to get more ventilators made and all the other solutions, how to quarantine the world, how to dig us out of this mess. Pray for the government that they will figure out how to manage this and get the right materials to the right people, choose when to close and when to open, how to handle the finances. They're dealing with that right now as I tape this. So we pray for the government. We pray for our health care givers. And we pray for ourselves that we will manage it well and make good choices and protect ourselves and protect the people in our lives and uh, be part of our human community. So we do the best we can. And if 2.3 billion Christians pray, it's going to make a difference in the world, believe me. Number two, I had our preacher say the other day that the world is getting better and better. He said any church that says that the world is getting worse, that church will die within 10 years. <laughs> And he had a few statistics where some things have gotten better, infant mortality and so on. Yes, after thousands of years, we have some science. We've figured out some things. We know about germs now. We know to wash our hands. There are some things. We have computers. We have things that we didn't have before. But I said, my brother, do you really believe that we're going to figure this out and we're going to get clean water and clean air and we're going to solve our war problems and cancer and diabetes and, and uh, all the cultural issues around the world and fundamental religions. We're going to make this all work and no more war and no more fighting and we're going to make the world perfect. Well, I said, I didn't really mean exactly. We believe Jesus is going to come and take us away from this place to a better world. That's what we believe. This is God Talk. We're going to go to a fifth session next tomorrow. God bless you.